Hey guys, this is Naeem, and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community, and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there, and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Hey, good morning. Oh my gosh. This is awesome. Well, hey, welcome to Christmas. No, welcome to Easter Sunday morning. All right, let's jump in. So I already asked you if you have been stoned. Let me clarify, okay? Because the story of Easter has got something to do with maybe the stone that you're holding or a rock in your life, okay? A rock in your life. And the truth is that some of us are going to have to deal with it, okay? So turn to your neighbor and say, hey, you're going to have to deal with it. Okay, some of you guys, the energy was like, it was loaded. It was something else you guys were talking about, okay? But you're going to have to deal with it. Let's jump right in. Luke 24 says this, okay? Luke 24 says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone, what? Rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that beamed like lightning stood beside them. And in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. He has risen. Now, the crazy the amazing thing about this passage is that there's so much to it. But the key word, if, if I could, I want to focus on is the word stone. The stone was rolled away. Now, I asked you when was the last time you got stoned. Like, if, if I were to uh, literally think back to that, I, I, I would go back to my childhood. Now, I grew up in the deserts of Kuwait in the Middle East. I uh, was born there, raised there. And I have gotten stoned old-fashioned style uh, uh, several times, okay, several times in my teenage years. And the, here's the deal, because in fights, especially with kids back in the Middle East, you just grab stuff and you start throwing it. Mostly, it's rocks and stones. So literally, I have a scar right here in my eye from a rock that hit me in the eye during a fight. So I understand what it means to be stoned. Now, the question is, why am I talking about this? Because I think that for some of us, the Easter story needs to be about this, possible, this stone in your life, this rock in your life that needs to be rolled away. It needs to be let, let, let go of. So the truth is, for some of us, for some of us, we have not rolled a stone away. We're still holding on to this. So what am I trying to get to? What I'm trying to get to is, do you have people in your life? Do you have a relationship in your life, a group of people, maybe a person or organization uh, that you're like, if I could have my way, I would love to stone them. <laughs> I would love to do that. I would, see, it hit home for some of you guys. You're like, yeah, there is actually. There is. Can you just throw it at a business? 
Maybe some of you guys, it's the government. You're like, how much can I, pay, can I get the government to pay for the stones that I will stone them with? Like, can I do that? Like, we've got stuff in our life. We've got people in our life that we want to, like, really honestly stone. We do. The truth, though, is, is that because we're holding on to something like this, I think it's limiting the kind of life that we are living. This life that we're living right now, it's limited by the fact that there is a truth to this idea that Jesus rolled away the stone and he did something that is not just like, oh, it's cool story, you know, I know Jesus died for my sins. No, it's something that has opened up, given us access to live a certain kind of life that we no longer need to hold on to stones for other people in our life. And the reality is, is as the Easter story talks so much about this, that you might not even think, well, well, I don't know, I don't know if it, I don't know if it does. I don't know if it does. It does. The idea of what Jesus did on the cross, and especially when he rose from the dead, is connected to forgiveness like, no, like, like nothing else. In fact, his, him, him being raised from the grave symbolically tells us that we are forgiven, but maybe even more than that, that we have access to the power of forgiveness. And for some of us, this Easter, we need to roll a stone away, put down a particular kind of rock in our lives because we've been holding on to this for so long. So Resurrection Sunday might just, for some of us, leave us still in the grave. Because the truth is that unforgiveness is a grave and the rock that you're holding on for this person is actually the, 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 the door to that tomb that locks you in forever. Unforgiveness is that grave. And for so many of us today, this morning, this Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday needs to be the day where you roll that stone away, where you take that rock and you toss it. You take that rock and you push it away. For some of us, this rock represents something that's pretty traumatic in our lives. Super traumatic in our lives. It's, it's complicated, right? You're like, name, forgiveness, really, unforgiveness. Yeah, You have no idea what I went through. I get that. I get that. For some of us, you're like, I'm not, I don't know if I'm, I'm really holding on to something. Because it's kind of small. I can put it in my pocket. I'm not holding on to anything. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. No, see, I'm not holding on to anything. But you know, like, do you have people in your life you want to avoid? Yeah. You have people in your life that when you, you think twice about when you get on social media, like, I just don't want to see them. And you still haven't figured out how to wait to hide their feed. But man, you hide their feed and somehow it still pops up. They're taking ads to make sure you see what they do. You're like, what is going on? Have you ever like, like seen an X of any kind, right? And you're like, oh, I'm not going, not today, okay. And you turn around, you've done this before, we've done it. For some of us, we're like, oh, I'm not, I don't think I'm holding on to some st stuff. But there is something that's going on. In fact, they have become a filter through which you view a lot of things. They've become a filter to how like, you view like, your present friendships based on your past betrayals. And now you live that kind of life. See, what you're doing is you're holding on to a rock that's, 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 that's created a tomb for your future relationships. 
You've created created a tomb for your future um, um, life because you've used them as the filter, as the door. You've used them and you're you're just holding on. Your problem is, is that these rocks, regardless how small they are, when they start off, they just get heavy. Have you noticed that we just get heavier as we get older? Come on now. You're like, no, not me. Yeah. Listen, you're cute, but I'm just saying you're a little, more he- you're a little heavier. Just saying. Just saying. Okay? We get heavier. People get heavier. Let me ask you. Do you feel tired? Do you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm carrying something? Here's the problem. Unforgiveness grows and grows and grows and grows. And here's the problem. What it does is it weighs down your soul. It hardens your heart in a way that you don't really understand. And then it fills up your mind and you can't think straight. So could it be that this Easter Sunday, you don't just come and go, okay, I, I, thank you, Jesus, for rolling the stone away. No, maybe you and I are part of the Easter story where we say, God, what have you done and what are you calling us to do? And I've got to be honest with you. For some of us, this is going to be extremely hard. You're like, hey, I just wanted an Easter Sunday that we just like sing happy, happy, clappy, sad. I want a picture with the bunny. I'm good. I'm good. I get that. I get that. Who doesn't want a picture with a bunny? I get that. I get it. Yeah. But maybe, just maybe there's something more. Maybe today could be a day where you, in fact, roll the stone away that you forgive someone. You, 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 you take this, you think about this, you think of that person, you think of that fault, you think of that heart, you think of that abuse, you think of that disappointment, you think of that and you go, I am rolling it away because I can then walk out and live a kind of life I want to live. Instead of, I'm going to use whoever this is, and, I, and I, I'm just going to, and I'm going to, I'm going to just, I'm going to hold on to that, and it becomes the door, it becomes a tomb, it becomes that grave, and we just live our entire lives in it. I think for some of us, this, this stone that you're holding on is not for a person, it is actually for God. I mean, he's forgiven you, but, but you have not forgiven him. Because he took that person away, right? In your mind, they should have never died. They should have never gotten sick. They could, they, it, it should have never ended like this. God, if you cared, if all the songs were true, this should not have happened. But yet it did. And yet it did. See, if you don't believe me about the fact that forgiveness is tied to Easter, then let's just keep on reading. Later, when Jesus is resurrected, he shows up. He says, later on that day, the disciples gathered together, but uh, fearful of the Jews, they locked all the doors in the house. Jesus entered, stood among them and said, peace to you. Peace to you. He said in Hebrew, he would say shalom. In Arabic, it would say salam. Literally, literally in Arabic, I think it's ironic, in, in, in Arabic, the most famous Arabic greeting is "Assalamu alaikum," which, if you would translate this, if this was an Arabic Bible, it would say "Assalamu alaikum." He starts off and he says "peace," but that's not what we want to focus on. He says then he says he showed them his hands and he said inside, the disciples seeing the master with their own eyes were awestruck. Jesus repeated his greeting.
peace to you. And he, right here, when he repeats himself, there is a sense of like, he's just not greeting them. He's calling them to a life of peace. He's calling them to be in harmony with every part of themselves. He's calling them to wholeness. And then he does something. If you've never read this before, this is profound. He, just, he says this, just as the Father sent me, I sent you. Then he took a deep breath and breathed into them. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. So he comes in, she shows up, okay? And then he breathes on them. Obviously, this is before COVID, guys. This is before COVID. Okay, so everybody was cool about that. But he breathes on them. And the disciples are like, okay, what's happening? And then he could have said anything else. And he says this. This is, again, the Easter story. He tells them this. He said, if you what? Forgive someone's sins. They're gone for good. If you don't forgive sins, what are you going to do with them? What are you going to do with them? He could have said anything, but he connects it to forgiveness once again. Why does he do that? Because he believes something that we do not. He knows something that we might not. And that is that forgiveness creates a world that you and I want to live in. Unforgiveness is not the world that we want to live in. And he's basically calling them to a new kind of life. He's resurrected and he says, I'm calling you into a new life, which means that we are not playing tick for tat here. We're not doing the whole Moses way, eye for an eye. No longer that's happening. What's happening right now is that we're beginning to live a life, create a world that there is forgiveness in it. So you can have grace for people and you can forgive faults and you don't have to pay them back. And you and I want to live in that world. You're like, oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. I mean, you don't want to have grace, but you sure want grace. You sure do. You want to. And you don't want to live in a spirituality where you're always trying to please the gods. See, that's why Jesus comes in and he goes, hey, 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 let me just tell you, it's all over. I'm the way, the truth, and the light. If you, see, if you want to see the Father, you've seen me. Let me just see how, how God deals with you. He deals with you with grace and mercy. He forgives you. See, that's the beautiful thing about Jesus being resurrected from the grave because he was like, you killed me, you did this, you tortured me, and now I have been resurrected. If I was not resurrected, okay, you're still on the line. But I'm resurrected. I'm resurrected. Before he died, he said, Father, for what? Forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Why is it that Jesus is continually talks about forgiveness? Because friends, forgiveness or unforgiveness in our relationships is the determining factor of the quality of our lives. And unforgiveness, like I said it before, it becomes the grave and the stone that you're carrying closes the tomb and lets us rot. Unless today, Resurrection Sunday, we allow with the help of God, to roll that stone away, to throw the stone away and say, God, I, I don't want to, I don't want this. I don't want this. See, Jesus was so committed to this. Jesus was so committed to this that after he had shown up, he didn't need to do anything else, but then he does something. He goes out of his way because unforgiveness calls us to go out of our way. You're like, ah, I don't want to do that. 
I don't want to do that. I, I get it. I get it. I say it's telling everybody. Listen. You know what I'm saying? But it's, it's a different kind of life he's calling us to. So what happens right after that? It's part of the uh, Easter story. He's resurrected. He shows up. He shows Mary. He does that. He shows up into his disciples. He does that. And then what happens? Well, what happens is keep, let's keep on reading. He says later on, later on now, Jesus showed himself to his followers. What? Again. This time at Lake Galilee. This is how he showed himself. It keeps on going. He says, early the next morning, Jesus stood up on the shore, but his followers did not know it was Jesus. So now the disciples are basically, they don't know what's going on. They, I mean, they've seen Jesus, but they're like, I, I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. And Peter is the main character here. And if you know anything about Peter, Peter's the guy who's like, he overpromises and underdelivers. Anybody? He's like, I promise, I promise, I promise. And then he's like, ah, I don't know. I, what, what, what happened? What happened? And see, what had happened here is, is that Peter had seriously overpromised. Like he told Jesus, he's like, I'm, I'm right, ride or die, bro. I'm with you. Uh, they, they get you, I got you. Like, we're, we're going to do it together. So when they started coming for him, what he did actually was, he was like, didn't like, okay, go with it. No, he actually took a knife and tried to kill someone with it. And Jesus was like, the, the moment he got arrest, arrested, Jesus had to like, give me a minute, took an ear, put it back on the guy's head. And he's like, another, seriously, another healing right before I go. Okay. And Peter did it. Peter also was the guy who was like, I will never what? Deny you. How many times did he say that? He said, I'll never deny you. I won't deny you. I won't deny you. Right? He's like, I won't do it. I won't do it. And then Jesus says, no, you, you, you're actually going to do it. You're going to do it. He's like, no, no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. He's like, no, you, it, it is going to happen. It's, in fact, it's going to happen three times before the rooster crows. It's going to happen. Some of you guys know the story. What happened? Cock-a-doodle-doo. Right? That's what happened. That's what happened. That went off, and Peter's like, seriously, because three times he denied him. The guy overpromises. He's like, oh, no, no. I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. And it doesn't happen. I think for so many of us, we have good intentions. We, we overpromise. And sometimes when we overpromise, we let people down serious ways. And so now Peter is stuck. Jesus is risen, apparently. But the last time he talked to Jesus was a time where he promised Jesus and then, he, then it just did not happen. So he's like, now it's this awkwardness. Have you ever been in a relationship? Like something kind of, something went down and now you guys are at the same party. You're like, all right. You're, like you're not talking about what really happened. Like, like you did this, but you didn't. And I don't know. We should have this conversation. I don't know. I, 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 I. And so Jesus knows that he doesn't want the one of his main guys who's going to lead this movement of Jesus to ever wonder, ever wonder that Jesus forgave him. That Jesus was like, hey, I know you promised big. And I know you denied me, but it's okay. So see, that's the context of this. So Jesus shows up at the shore, and these guys are again going fishing. And they don't know it's Jesus. But then it says here, then he said to them, friends, did you catch any fish? And this is Jesus' classic line, standing on the shore going, hey, did you catch anything? And they're like, ah, I can't see him, but I know what that means. Know what that means. And they said, no. He said, throw your nets on the, the right side of the boat and you'll find some. 
So they did, and they caught so many fish, they could not pull the net back into the boat. The follower whom Jesus loved, which is funny because, just so you know, this is kind of interesting, the, fo- the follower whom Jesus loved is a guy named John, and John is writing this, so he actually puts that down every time. It's kind of hilarious. He's like, the guy he loves the best, his bestie. Every time, his bestie. His be- like, what? Stop. Okay, we got it. He said he loved you once. Okay, anyways. Okay, so his followers whom Jesus uh, loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Peter heard um, him say this, he wrapped his coat around himself. Peter had taken off his clothes. That's how you do it, naked Tuesdays, I guess, or whatever. Okay, Um, then he uh, jumped into the water and the other followers went to shore in the boat, dragging the nets full of fish. And there were, they were not very far from the shore, only about 100 yards. Oh, when the followers stepped out of the boat onto the shore, they saw, check this out, they saw a fire of what? Hot coals. And there was fish on the fire, and there was bread. Enough said right there. There's a bread. Okay? So Jesus shows up and has breakfast for them. He's like, hey, who's up for breakfast? And he, the, 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 the resurrected Christ is making you breakfast. Like, that's just mind-boggling. Why would Jesus need to do that? Why would he ever need to do that? I mean, I'm thinking he's, been a, he's had a busy couple of days. Okay, a lot, of, a lot of stuff. He still has time to cook? What? There's something about people who like to cook, though. They just find time to cook. But he's, he's cooking for them. He's like, bring, bring, it, bring it over, bring it over. Come on, come on. And I, I don't know if you know the story, but what, what happens in the story is that Jesus and Peter have a conversation about the three times that he betrayed or he, betray, yeah, he denied Jesus. What's ironic about this, though, is the next statement as we read on. It says, this was now the what? Third time, Jesus showed himself to his followers after he was raised from the dead. Pretty symbolic, isn't it? He does it three times. On the third time, he asked Peter three times, do you love me? To counteract the three times that Peter was asked, point blank, do, blank, do you know Jesus? And he said no. Three times, three times, three times, three times, three times. What was Jesus doing? He was creating a world of forgiveness that you and I need to live in. He was creating a world that says, hey, regardless of what you think you have done, I forgive you. I forgive you. And I'm resurrected here because now I've given you the power to forgive as well. No longer do you, do you need to Hold on to a rock. Hold on to a stone. Hold on to the door that's your tomb. You don't need to do this. I've been resurrected. Now I'm giving you supernatural power to do the same. So friends, as we end this time, we're going to sing a song. We're going to see someone get baptized as well. It's, it's going to be a g- great morning. 
But before we move out of this moment, can I just, can I just tell you, how long are you going to keep holding on? I mean, I've, I've seen, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm from the Middle East, and we hold on to grudges. You know, we do. We just do, man. We just do. I'm connected to two countries. We got in the Middle East, Kuwait, and you know, there's always peace in the Middle East. It's still a thing. It's still a problem. They're still bombing each other. How many years, how many decades, how many centuries does it not need to, like, how long does it need to keep on going? I'm connected to Pakistan, Pakistan, India. They keep on fighting over the same stuff. Forget that. For how long have families broken up and lived without cousins and they don't know each other? This Easter, maybe even for some of us, reminds us of a family that's broken because someone has been holding on to a heart and it's such a big thing. And they have blocked, not just themselves in the grave, but they have blocked, they've put up a whole wall of stuff. And they're like, you cannot be with our family anymore. And we're not going to be with you. And generations and generations and families have just not been able to live a resurrected life, a, 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 a life that Jesus died for. Even though they believe him, they have not lived that because they're holding on to so much stuff. Friends, I have family that have held on to a heart to, to the day they die. To the day they die. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? I've seen people in the hospital beds and one person does not want to go to the person who's, who's dying because of a heart, because they still hold unforgiveness. And friends, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but if we are going to allow God's power to work in our lives, then we've got to allow his spirit to work in us. When he breathes on us, we're going to, we're going to take in this breath of peace, of wholeness, and we're going to have the power to forgive because Jesus is saying, hey, I need you to create a world that people forgive people because if you don't, it's going to be a very cruel world. And I died for a world that's been set free from this. I died from a world that you can have the power to forgive. Do not hold on to stuff anymore. Don't just sing about the resurrected life. Live it. Live a resurrected life. So what does it look like for you? What does it look like for you today? Will you have the power to do this? I believe you can. Oh, it's a deep heart. I get it. But here's what you're just doing. You're not saying, you're not saying, hey, hey, hey I'm just going to let, let, I'm just going to, I'm going to get over it. You're not going to get over it. You're just not going to be waiting around for them. Because what you're doing is when you're holding on to this, you're actually waiting around for the person to do something. You're waiting for on a payment. You're waiting for an apology. You're waiting for something. You're waiting and waiting. Do you really want to live your entire life waiting? Waiting pretty much looks like a grave, isn't it? Just waiting. Waiting to something. Waiting. Waiting. Friends, if we wait, we will decay. So, let's not do that. Let's not live like that at all. And for some of you, you might think, you know what? I, I'm not, I don't even know with God if I'm okay. I'm, I'm, am I good with God? I, I don't know. 
I don't know if you're good with God. All I do know is he rolls stones away. He looks at you and regardless of who you are and what you've done, he says he does not, he does not and will not commit you to a grave. He will always look at that and he will roll it away. He is quick to forgive. And you're like, man, I've asked so many times. He is quick to forgive. Man, you have no idea what I've done. He is quick to forgive. There's so much I have done. It's big stuff. I don't think it's bigger than him. I just don't think so. I mean, you're awesome, but you're not that awesome. You can't do that much that he'd be like, nah, not on that one. Not on that one. Psalms 86 says this. Oh, Lord, you are, you are, you are what? So good. You are what? So ready to forgive. So full of what? Unfailing love for all who ask for your help. So let's, that, let's do that today. Let's pray together. And let's, let's pray a little bit about this, this, this stone in your hand. We stand together. Can you do that? If you're holding on to a stone, why don't you close your eyes for a little bit? Could you do that? Just for a minute. Let's take a, let's take a second here. If you have the stone and maybe you're like, I don't know, maybe you're, you kind of feel the weight of it a little bit in your hand. Maybe you're thinking, uh, name, I'm not sure that, who. For some of us, we know exactly who. We know it's people who just wronged us. People who just said they were going to be there, but they didn't show up. For some of us, it's just people who, who won't let us in. God, for some of us, it's, it's someone who's really hurt us, abused us. And the stone is no longer a stone. It's a boulder. It's a boulder. But God, we know that this day, this day, out of all the days, out of all the days, this day does not need to be the day that we need to stay in the grave. God, that you can turn this around. You can, you can make life appear in dead spaces. So God, I pray for that relationship. I pray for that person. I pray on behalf of my friends right now, God, that in the midst of the relationships and the people that we're thinking of right now, you would give us resurrection power to in fact turn graves into gardens, that you would turn a, a place and a relationship that was dying into a fruitful relationship. God, we pray you would do this. You would do this. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. 
For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.